Welcome to the War from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, today we're going to bring you another episode of Mayor of the Town. And the title is Musician Who is Going Deaf from December 2nd, 1942. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. The makers of Rinso are proud to present The Mayor of the Town, starring Lionel Barrymore. I was just thinking, youngsters today surely owe a debt of gratitude to Rinso. How come, you say? Well, the new anti-sneeze Rinso makes dishwashing so quick and easy. In fact, Rinso makes the job so quick that, mothers, you have it done in less time than it takes to get most kids started doing it. Yep, dishes are a pushover when you tackle them with Rinso. It's rich suds and grease scooting in a jiffy. Yes, ma'am, Rinso's tough on grease but kind to your hands. And it's so economical. Does your dishes for less than a cent a day. So... If you want to make a quick getaway from KP Beauty, be sure to get the new anti-sneeze Rinso. And better get the giant size. It contains more than four pounds of Rinso. And now, to Lionel Barrymore as the mayor of the town. Understood the name, really. Why should Jan Bhutan come to Springdale? I got it straight from Mrs. Peabody, who got it from Elsie Larson, who got it from Mrs. Smithers' third cousin, who is thick as flies with Abigail Peters. That man that's moved into the Archibald house is Jan Bhutan. Well, he's one of the greatest pianists in the world. What do you suppose he's doing here? Why should he be here? It's a nice place to be. Hmm. Well, I read in the papers that he's playing a big concert in Chicago next month. Maybe he wanted a quiet place to practice. <laughs> I'd like to go out and see him, really. Well, go ahead. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. This is, might be an intrusion. An intrusion? You're the mayor. You can go any place. Oh, well, now, after all, he's a very great man. Trouble with you is you're scared. You're starstruck. Well, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to go out and kind of welcome him on behalf of the town. I think it would be real hospitable. Well, perhaps I will. No, maybe I shouldn't. I guess I won't. Oh, sure. Give me my hat. I guess I will. Beg your pardon. Did someone speak? Oh, I hope you don't mind. The door was open, so I walked in. I rang the bell several times, but no one answered. <laughs> I heard you playing, and I didn't want to disturb you. What is it you want? 
I'm the mayor of Springdale. I just dropped out to welcome you and then to see if there was anything I could do for you. There's nothing, thank you. I came here because I didn't wish to see anyone. Oh, well, I'm sorry if I intruded. But I happen to love music. I've always wanted to play myself. And I do after, well, after a fashion. <laughs> but beside you, uh... well, you know, I think that piece you were playing is one of the most beautiful love songs that was ever written. Don't you? I never thought about it. I hope you don't resent my listening, Mr. Beecher. Oh. So you know who I am? Oh, yeah. Sure. Once I, I sat in the back of a hall in Vienna and listened to you play, and I heard you in Paris and Rome and Warsaw. And here at home you've given me some perfect evenings as I've played you recordings of masterpieces of music. Oh, I know who you are, Mr. It's better that you say, I know who you were. I shall never sit in a concert hall again. But you're playing in Chicago next month. No. I'm going to cancel the performance. But why? What business is it of yours? What right do you have to come into my house and and try at me with your questions? Well, I'm sorry. I, I was only surprised that a great artist would give up his art without reason. I have a reason. I'm tired. Well... Every once in a while, I get tired of being the mayor and having to worry about everyone's troubles in Springdale. But I don't quit. It's my job, and I do it. I'm sure that's very commendable. Hmm. But you see, I have no heart for music anymore. I hate that piano. I tell you, I hate every note of music that's ever been written. Yes. And I hate you, with your bungling small mind for interfering with what is none of your business. Now, will you go, please? I think that's your doorbell ringing. In the name of heaven, is there no peace in this town? Claire, what are you doing here? Hello, young. Oh, good, you have a fire. It's cold out. Claire, this is the mayor. Miss Lynn, mayor. How do you do, Miss Lynn? How do you do? Well, if you two will excuse me, I'll be getting on. Just a moment, mayor. Perhaps you wouldn't mind taking Miss Lynn back to town with you. She won't be staying long. Why, certainly. I'm not going until I have a talk with you, Jan. You shouldn't have come here. Why did you leave New York without a word? Jan, what happened? What changed you like this? How can you ever say what changes things? They gave me your note. When you said you didn't love me anymore, I didn't believe it. I don't believe it now. Then you're very foolish, my dear, because it's quite true. Well, uh, uh, perhaps I'd better go along. Oh, no, I, I don't mind you hearing what I have to say, Mayor. I, I haven't much pride left. Jan, don't you remember? We were forever. I was going to wear the dress I wore at your first concert for my wedding dress. And the organ was going to play the internet so instead of the wedding march. My dear Claire, don't you know that love is a pretty game? You surely didn't take all that seriously. I love you, Jan. I've never loved anyone else. I never shall. You are so young. I've been in love many times. And will be a few times more before I die. What is it you want me to do? Say goodbye. It was fun, wasn't it? So glad we met. That would be the wise thing to do. Oh, you are crying. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't like to see you cry. But you shouldn't have come here. You see how foolish you were. 
You must learn how to say goodbye gracefully and without regrets. Now run along with the mayor. There's a train at midnight back to New York. You'll both pardon me if I say goodnight. It's late and I'm tired. There's nothing more to be said, Miss Young. No, nothing at all. Night. It's all right, Mayor. You'll take her back? Oh, yes, yes, I'll take her back. Good night, Mr. Boutin. Good night. Uh, the car's around in front. Where can I take you? The hotel. I registered there before I came out. Well, here we are. It's turning cold. It'll be fast before morning. It's a beautiful moon, isn't it? How about some music? Well, we won't be driving much longer now. Guess I'll have to look around for a horse. <laughs> you don't leave me floundering here in a monologue. I'm sorry. It is a beautiful moon. Do you mind changing the station? I hate that piece. Intermezzo? Why, it's a favorite of mine. Mr. Bouton was playing it when I arrived tonight. He was? Hmm. How strange. <laughs> I guess you think I made a beautiful fool of myself tonight. No, no. I'd say you did the only thing a woman like you could do when she loved a man. I don't know where I failed, how I failed. All I know is that once he loved me, and he doesn't love me now. Uh, I wonder. Tonight it was as though there was a wall about him. Too high to climb, too thick to penetrate. I wanted to say, look at the moonlight. Do you remember that once we walked in the moonlight high up on a hill with the whole world at our feet? And it was my world because you'd given me your heart. I wanted to say, look at the stars, Jan. You promised me the stars once. Give them to me now. But there was a wall too high for the words to climb. I'm sorry. You should have changed the station. <laughs> The intermezzo isn't a safe background for my heart, you see. You've known him a long time? Yes. We met in Warsaw. But you're an American. My father went to teach in Warsaw when I was very young. We came back just before the war started, and Jan followed a few months later. We talked of being married. Then about a month ago, he changed. He said he was tired of the whole thing and that he was going away. I thought it was just a mood. He'd, he'd been working so hard on this concert... Yeah, he said tonight he wasn't going to give the concert, that he'd stop believing in music, that he hated it. He couldn't hate music. Why, it's been his whole life. Yes, I know. Are you going back to New York? I guess so. There isn't much you can say when a man says he doesn't want to marry you. Is there, Mayor? Well, that's the way you feel about it when you're young. That's hurt pride. But when you're older, you always want to know the why of things. For example, if I were you, I'd be mighty interested in knowing why, if Jan Boutin has no interest in you, he sits in the moonlight playing the intermezzo and playing it in a manner to break your heart. I think Jan Boutin loves you very much indeed. I think he loves you enough to send you away when he needs you most. Why should he send me away if he needs me? Pride, maybe. Jean Boutin has the world to offer you. 
But if he should lose that world... How could he lose it? He's one of the greatest pianists in the world. No one can take that from him. <laughs> There's nothing that's given that can't be taken away. What do you mean? He didn't hear me come in tonight. He didn't hear the bell when you rang. Jean Boutin is going deaf. Oh, no. Yes. In his mind, he's lost his music and you. The whole world is ended. Well, then I must go to him and tell him it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You mustn't do that. Not yet. Not until he plays that concert in Chicago. You must promise me not to see him until after that concert. But how can he play if he can't hear? He must play. Or he's lost. He must go on giving what he has to give if he's to find his salvation. He must play that concert. Do you understand? He must play it. Last week, Springdale, like every other town and city in the United States, celebrated Women at War Week. We put it over with a bang, too. And being a noticing kind of fellow, I noticed that the women who did the most, sold the most bonds and stamps, collected the most salvage, devoted the most time to the Red Cross, also managed their homes the best. So, being a checking-up kind of fellow, I decided to check up on one of these lovely ladies. Here's one now, Mrs. Janet Flynn. After that introduction, Harlow, you probably want me to say something nice about Rinso. No, not unless you really mean it. Let's be entirely honest. You think I'm going to say that the reason I can do so many things is because I use Rinso to wash clothes with, don't you? No, Janet. Honor bright. Not if you don't really use it. And you want me to explain that with Rinso, washing clothes is so easy and takes so little time, I have plenty of energy left for Uncle Sam. Nope. You don't have to say a word about it. <laughs> oh, but it's true. Whew. You had me a little scared there. <laughs> then you do know that with Rinso, clothes soak clean often in as little as ten minutes. A few quick finger rubs on extra soil places, and they're ready to rinse. Of course I know it. I've used Rinso for years. I wouldn't be without it. That's great. I hope all you ladies try Rinso soon, too. And now back to our story, starring Lionel Barrymore as the mayor of the town. I brought you out a peach pie that my housekeeper made. Now, really, Mayor, that was quite unnecessary. Did Miss Lynn get back all right? Oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, been shoveling little snow, I see. Yes. I like to work outdoors. My father and mother were peasants. Mm. It pays, you see. Oh, I, I see you've moved the piano over by the window. Yes. I'm afraid I owe you an apology for the other night. Oh, forget it. Say, that's a beautiful instrument. You mind if I try it out? Help yourself. You are fond of Beethoven. Yes, aren't you? Yes, I like him. Of course, you've studied his life. That's a deep shaft in that bar. Yes, yes, so it is. <laughs> I'm afraid my technique is no great shape. I never get to practice, but I have a great admiration for Beethoven. He went deaf, if you recall. Yes. He knew it was going to happen long before it did. 
but still he went on composing, creating. And when the blow fell, he never hesitated or flinched. He went right on writing that great music that he'd never hear, except inside of him. You have to admire a man like that, don't you? Yes, you have to admire a man like that. Oh, I suppose there were dark hours when he wondered if he could go on. But he did. And here's the evidence. Some of the greatest music in the world was written by a deaf man. Well, Jan Boutin. So you found that out, too. Yes. Now you know why I'm refusing to play the concert. Why I sent the girl away. I knew it from the beginning. It's rather laughable, isn't it? Mm. I was so sure of myself, so proud. And now, I've been to doctors and specialists, the greatest in the world. There's nothing that can be done for me. Gradually, the curtain will fall, and silence will set in. Only if you let it. You don't know how lonely I am. Ever since I came here, I've been walking the streets, listening, listening, listening. How beautiful is the sound of children's laughter, the noise of cars, voices, a woman calling over her face. Suddenly, I'm desperate for sounds. I want to crowd them all inside my head. I want to remember them all. And then I come home and I pound at my piano. I pound, pound, pound to keep the notes clear and sharp, to pull them close to me. Oh, you can't look back at what you lost. You must be grateful for what you've had. I don't want consolation. I don't want pity. I can face facts. I've really only one. One great regret. And that is that I will never again hear the laughter of one woman. That I will never again hear that catch in her voice when she says my name. Never again hear her footsteps running after me. Never. Never again. You didn't have to send her away. What have I to offer her now? You thought you saw the ending last night. But you didn't, Mayor. If really anything was saw, one black night, when the planes came over and shattered the city, and my ears, as I listened. Yes. Our romance ended a lifetime ago in Warsaw. I should have known there was no real escape. The Poles were marked for slaughter. You can't feel that way. There are things to be won and taken back. That spirit won't do it. What right do you have to talk about spirit? Did you ever watch a city die? The noise is deafening. The bullets, the bombs, the screams of the dying. You think, if only I couldn't hear, it might not be so bad. You almost pray not to hear. And then a bomb screams down without a few feet of you, and, and all sound becomes muted. You wouldn't care if you died too. Except it's for some place. On the other side of the world, there's a girl. He's cool and like, like violets in the rain. And you've got to get back to her. 
You don't know, then, why the sound has diminished when obligato. If you did, you would remain the hot streets. You would die, too, with the city that you love. Claire loves you. She wants you. Go back to her. She's too young to know what's good for her. Ah. You say you should have died with Warsaw? Well, let me tell you something. Warsaw isn't dead. No, sir, not by a long sight. She isn't. This generation will see that city free and beautiful as it ever was. Old be scars, buildings gone, people that walk there that won't walk again. But the city will be there, lifting its head again to meet the future. I can talk of spirit because I've talked with the Polish exiles. I know the unconquerable determination that's theirs. You have to live up to that. In God's name, what do you want of me? Must I say it doesn't matter that my hearing is gone and my heart is cold? You were a musician, Mr. Booth, huh? You've just become a soldier. A sword's in front of you and you must pick it up to meet a challenge. You're playing your concert in Chicago. You're mad, I can't. Your music is in your fingers and your heart. But you can't hear it yourself is regrettable, but it's not important. But my hands are uncertain. I, I hunt for notes. It's fear that makes you falter. You must tell yourself over and over, I can and I will. I will play that concert. The enemy can't do this to me. They shan't rob me of my birthright. You think I could? Just get up before all those people and, and play as though nothing there wrong. Do you really think I could do that? <laughs> you must show the people that the beauty in the human heart will go on, that it can't be destroyed. You'll prove that with a music that you can't hear. Mm -hmm. I know you can do it. If I could only be sure that they would not know. I couldn't bear to sit there waiting for me to fall. Waiting for me to play tonight. I couldn't bear it. They'll not know. They'll not know. You'll not betray yourself by a single gesture. You'll not let them know. I'm afraid. There's no use pretending I'm not. I'm afraid. Ah, Charles, just buck fever. Now you'd better start practicing. Yes. Yes, I must practice. They must not know. They must not guess. They must not guess. They will not guess. Here's the end. <laughs> Mr. 
listen to them. Oh, Mayor, listen to them. Quit jumping on my feet and I'll try to. It's the greatest ovation he's ever had. He's going to pay an encore. play like that and it's all over. All over the memories and the promises. Listen to him, Claire. He has his pride back now and his strength. He's going to be all right. Yes. He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Mayor, I, I think I'd better go now. I can't Wait, stand. wait. Look at those people, Claire. Sitting out there listening to music and never comprehending they're listening to a miracle. I wish they could know what this man has risen above. There's no defeat for hearts like his. There never will be. What's the matter? Why did he stop? I don't know. I don't know. He's crying. Oh, Mayor, he's crying. Maybe after all you've done, he doesn't see it. My friend. Perhaps we failed this. My friend. I don't understand. He seems so sure. Shh, I have something to say to you. I've seen by your hands... That you like my music. I say scene because I couldn't hear you very well. Most of the music I play tonight I heard only in my soul. Since the bombing of Warsaw, I've been gradually going deaf. I had not meant ever to play for you again. I wouldn't have played if it had not been for a very great man. A great man who said to me, You must show the people that those of Poland cannot be conquered. I've tried to show you. And now I tell you that I will go on playing as long as I have two hands, as long as I have one. And if I lose them both, I will find some other way to tell you this. Let the conquerors shake their mailed fists. Eternity will soon forget them. Let the guns kill and maim and shatter. Only infamy will remember the trigger names. Right will triumph, as it always says. And now I pray for you again. For you. And someone I feel must be here tonight. This has always been our music. And hearing it, she may know what's in my heart. And what I would say to her when the concert is done. Did you hear? Yes, Claire, I heard. He knows I'm here. He's playing for me. That's what he said. He also mentioned that he'd something to say to you when the concert was over. Well, good night, Claire. Oh, oh, don't go, Mayor. I, I'm scared. <laughs> scared to hear a man tell you he loves you? <laughs> That's just buck fever. You'll get used to it after you hear him say it often enough. Good night, my dear. Good night. Everybody loves the cheery whistle of a Bob White. 
And everybody loves the dazzling brightness of a wash that... Sure, it's a happy song. And Rinso White is something to sing about. That's because Rinso contains two special ingredients to prevent white clothes from turning gray or yellow. It's no wonder, is it, that Rinso is the only soap that's recommended by the makers of 33 leading washers. Not only because Rinso helps you to turn out such a dazzling white wash, but because that short five-minute run with Rinso saves wear and tear on your washer as well as your clothes. Keep that in mind. And how's about trying Rinso, your very next wash day? Mr. Barrymore appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. The part of Jan Boutin was played by Carl Esmond. Our script was written by Gene Holloway. All persons and places referred to are fictitious. This is Harlow Wilcox bidding you all a pleasant good night for the makers of Rinso. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, a very powerful and moving episode, and um, I get you may have wondered through the first half how the war would come in, but I, I they brought it in I think in a way that really did work quite well. All right, well, we have a couple listener comments and feedback I want to address here, and uh, first off, Debbie comments uh, from head to toe stop bo, quoting from episode ninety six occupied Paris. I love the uh, commercial in this episode for Life Boy Soap. And uh, there were definitely some classic uh, uh, classic quotes there. I also received a question from a listener. And um, Bobby writes in, Adam, I've lear learned to value your commentary on each of the detective shows as well as The War, which is fascinating. However, one small bone to pick with the latter. Do you use a VU meter before posting them? Because each segment of each show has such varied volume letter levels that I have to listen with my finger on the volume as not to deafen myself or conversely lose something. But do not stop posting. Well, thanks so much, Bobby. Uh, I do try my best to uh, check on the sound. Um, I'm not a, as good at it as Andrew. If I see anything that looks extraordinarily out of line in terms of volume, either up or down, I try and correct it. But I'll definitely do what I can to keep this uh, consistent. All right. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, KenCurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net. <laughs>